Kevin's Podcast Show. I'm Kevin. I'm your host. This is a podcast. It's time to start the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank for thank you to everybody that's been patient out there. I know that it's been sporadic the last little bit because of my little health issue going on, but I'm going to try to get right back up into the swing of things today, and we're going to start it off with something that's a little sad today. One of my heroes, one of the greatest guitar players, in my opinion, of all time, has passed away. His name is Roy Clark, and I've got a little tribute for you. This is from a TV show called Odd Couple. I know some of you are probably not old enough to remember that, but uh, he was on that show, and it was really really amazing to hear this man play guitar besides the fact that he was super funny on he off you watched any of that i mean he was he was just an amazing entertainer put in he should be put in at least the top 50 of the greatest guitarist of all times and here's one of the reasons why can i do something for myself he's entitled Rest in peace, Roy Clark, 85 years old. An amazing talent we've just lost today, folks. Okay, let's get the show started. Anywhere you can get podcasts, you can get this podcast. So if you are listening to this show, you enjoy the show, share it with somebody and just tell them, hey, I know you've got a smartphone. 
listen to some podcasts. And you don't even have to listen to my podcast, although I would prefer that you did. But you don't have to. But there are thousands, literally thousands of independent voices out there that are just yearning to be heard. And also, if you're one of those voices and you want to be heard and you want to start your own podcast, I recommend the Anchor Podcast app. It's very easy to use. Go to your app store your play store whichever one it is you download it it's free doesn't cost you a penny it does not cost me a penny to upload these at all they do it for me which is great free is great and you can start your own podcast you can start it about uh, how bottled water is the worst thing in the world or how bottled water is the greatest thing in the world or how like you like to sniff magic markers you know hey it's your podcast you do it your way and if you get a podcast i'll listen to you you listen to me that's the way this works so we're going to jump right into it the first thing we're going to get into is of course good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the spectacular kps arena in beautiful east tennessee the world news boxing association is proud to present Three rounds of heavyweight action. In this corner, wearing red trunks with black trim. A fighter with a long pedigree, including being the former heavyweight champion of the world. The Cable News Network, CNN. And in the opposite corner, wearing blue and white trunks with red trim. The reigning World News Boxing Association heavyweight champion of the world, Fox News Network. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, we're going to start today with CNN News. Going to the CNN app, the first thing we've got here is all but one Florida county makes the recount deadline. Let's see what that's all about. The Florida Senate race is headed to a hand recount after a machine review of the initial vote kept Democratic Bill Nelson, Senator candidate, Senate candidate, narrowly behind his challenger, Republican Governor Rick Scott. But even though a recount will keep Nelson in the fight for at least another few days, the odds of winning might be further narrowed on Thursday when the machine recount, which ended at 3 p.m. deadline, yielded a few dozen more votes for Scott instead of Nelson, which now stands at more than 12,600 or 0.15%. I know the percentages makes a big deal about that because if the margin gets outside of 0.25%, it has something to do with their law down there in Florida. And I'm just going to say right now, Florida's kind of effed up. But the race for governor remains outside the 0.25 margin required for a hand count, meaning the Republican former Representative Ron DeSantis will likely be the state's next chief executive over Democrat Andrew Gill. Now they're talking about the governor race. So Tallahassee mayor picked up a single vote in the recount. One single vote. So the mantra that the Democrats are putting out there now is that every vote should count. And of course every vote should count. Nobody thinks that any vote should not be discounted. That's not the point. But some of these ballots that they're allowing to go through are ones that don't have, they either have the incorrect, incorrect date of birth, these you know, mail-in ballots or absentee ballots, whichever one they are, have either the incorrect date of birth or a missing date of birth on them. And, uh, you know, folks, if you can't fill out your date of birth, my opinion, your vote shouldn't count. If you're that stupid, then sorry, 
Stupid is, stupid does. It looks like the Republicans are going to prevail in the gubernatorial race and the Senate race in Florida, much to the chagrin of um, the Democrats. All right, now we're going to revisit a story. I don't think we've covered it here on the podcast, but it's been an ongoing story. Uh, There was a story back of this, and I'll just recap it a little bit. This couple met a homeless man in Philadelphia and said that the homeless man gave them $20 because they were stranded. They were up against the wall, whatever, about their car, and the homeless man gave them his last $20. So they, in turn, to thank him, started a GoFundMe page, which, in turn, raised more than $400,000 for this guy. Well, the problem is that the couple, Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico... D'Amico, Mark D'Amico, the couple, Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico, started spending the money. So then the homeless man, uh, John Bobbitt Jr., uh, sued him, said that they were using it as their own personal little piggy bank and were buying new things, you know, new cars and and new iPhones and uh, Louis Vuitton purses and things like that. And so he got kind of pissed about it. Well... Come to find out, now, after all's been said and done, and they've sit around and figured all things out, the couple and the man, so the couple and the homeless guy, now face charges of second-degree theft by deception and conspiracy to commit theft by deception, according to the Burlington County Prosecutor. So, it seems like this whole GoFundMe thing and this whole act of giving $20 for your la- out of his last pocket and everything was just a big ruse in order for him to set up this whole campaign and start getting money. And then, in, ultimately, there's no honor among thieves because they got pissed off at one another and they weren't getting the money like they thought. So, evidently, what they were going to do is they were going to start uh, this GoFundMe campaign after this made-up story about him giving the last 20 bucks, and then they were going to split it three ways, and that didn't end up that way. Uh, Bobby accused, sued the, the couple, accusing him of withholding the money raised on his behalf, asked by a reporter if the trio had gotten away with the deception had they not begun to fight over the money. Prosecutors said there's a good chance they might have. So if they had just kept their damn mouth shut, split the money the way they said they were going to split it, probably everybody would have just kept their money and got defrauded good thing for people's greed it makes the uh the truth come out you know what i'm saying let's move on to number three for cnn uh this is another opinion piece of course because it's fox or it's cnn it's opinion pieces there's a story that came out this last week where melania trump's uh, first lady's office she has her little office there and uh she sent out a, a memo through her press secretary that she had no confidence in one of the uh, national deputy national security advisors named Mira Ricardel, I guess. M- Mira Ricardel, and she said that she didn't think that she deserved the honor of working in the White House. Trump got backed into a corner because it is his wife, and guess what happened to Ricardel? She got reassigned. Uh, evidently, this all started from back in October. It said that she went on the trip to Africa. The First Lady went to Africa in October, and she clashed with the First Lady's staff over travel arrangements, and uh, she accompanied Miss, Mrs. Trump and apparently behaved in ways that bothered the pre- president's wife so much she concluded that the White House should be better off without Ricardo. I guess they are now, because happy wife, happy happy life. You can say what you want about that, but if your wife's not happy about things, you, well, 
you know, you try to make uh, decisions that way. And they they even went on to say, and they made a point about on CNN's story here, that this was not unprecedented because when Nancy Reagan was the first lady, she quarreled with the White House chief of staff who forced who was forced out, but it was less public. All right, so that's three stories from CNN. Let's move on over to the Fox app. Top story on the Fox app is the Hondalurian caravan that's coming through. And it's almost in Tijuana. Let's see. More than 650 illegal immigrants crossing the southern border detained in Arizona over two days. Okay, maybe it's not about the caravan. It says something about the caravan on top of that. But a thousand troops deployed to the southern border await the arrival of the caravan of migrants heading toward the U.S. border. Patrol agents in Arizona have already been busy detaining more than 650 illegal immigrants in just two days this week. Agents in the Yuma sector said they detained 654 people, most reportedly being family units or unaccompanied minors from Guatemala on Monday and Tuesday. The officials said the group of illegal immigrants are not believed to be associated with a large caravan of mostly Central Americans, the Hondalurians, that have prompted the military deployment. U.S. Customs and Border Protections on Wednesday said a group of 55 Central Americans waded across the Colorado River near Yuma and surrendered to agents after walking around vehicle barriers in the area. Large numbers of illegal immigrants have started to across the shallow portions of the Colorado River near Yuma. Vinny Deluski, the Special Operations Supervisor for the Yuma Sector, said Thursday that the majority of the groups came in through the east side of the port of entry and had cut through the metal fences to cross in. He said he did not know the extent of the damage to the fences, but expected fixing them could cost upwards of $1,600 for each one. It could get pricey, he said. Apprehensions at the Yuma sector are up 150% compared to the last fiscal year this time. More than 3,600 people were apprehended in the month of October. I want to say something about a border wall and a border fence right here for just a second. The other day I was having a conversation. I met a guy just quite by accident. I was needing a haircut. The place I usually go, I I was closed, so I just plucked a barbershop that happened to be open, and I just went into it. And the guy in there, he and I started having a conversation. His name's Bobby, good guy. And come to find out he's a libertarian like me, which is wonderful. There's one place that uh, we disagreed, and that was on the border wall. The only point that I was making about the border wall was that you can't call it racist. Putting up a border wall is not a racist thing, okay? You can argue the merits of the border wall all day long, whether it's feasible, whether it is worth the money, if it's going to be effective, if we should even have one or anything like that. But that was the only point I was making. But when I brought up the border wall, he did he he brought up his opinion of it, which kind of surprised me as a libertarian. He said that uh, most of these people from South America and Mexico and that sort of thing, anywhere below the border, he said are pretty compliant people. And if you put up a, he just was being kind of facetious, but he said, you know, you put up a kiosk and put up a sign that says, hey, you come up here and you get checked. And if you're checked out, all right, we'll just let you immigrate into the United States. You know, when he first said that, I thought to myself, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we should just check people and let them immigrate all they want to. But the problem is, is once they get here, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, which is start working and and paying taxes. Some of them are, but not all of them. And then you get the ancillary problem of people who are in the schools, and then you've got people who are having to 
teachers, yes, teachers are people too, teachers are having to give the other class, the rest of the class busy work so they can go over and handle the translators for these little children who are not speaking English. And some of them are are coming up from countries that are not even speaking necessarily Spanish or Spanish in the same way. So then you've got the multi-layered problems of trying to translate there. Because some of them are speaking Mexican Spanish, and then there's Honduran Spanish, and then if you go even further south into South America, get away from Central America, then they start speaking Portuguese and other things like that. And they're all kind of similar but they're not the same, and so then it just becomes a big mess. There's those problems that come along with that. Then the the obvious problem that whenever immigrants get here, if they don't immediately start working, then guess what happens? They get put on food stamps and other things like that. Things that you and I pay for out of our pockets whenever we pay our taxes. I'm not a big fan of the whole idea that you could just set up a kiosk and say, hey, come up here and get checked. Because then, besides all of that, then there's the other problem of, uh, you know, gang members. You know, MS-13 people. Suppose that there is uh, some MS-13 people, and they're not stupid. They make a lot of money down there. Suppose they want to set up, say, a satellite office in the United States. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to take their members who are who doesn't have a record, or they're going to bribe somebody to fix their record, and then those people are going to be allowed to. Enter. So I'm not against the wall entirely. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that's the answer to the problem, but I'm not sure it's not the answer to the problem. I just wanted to bring that up, and I also wanted to say a little bit about, you know, whenever you, if you, if you were to get yourself a swimming pool, then your insurance is going to require you to have a fence around that swimming pool. Why are they going to require you to have a fence around that swimming pool? It's going to be because it's going to be an enticement for people to come over and swim in your pool, maybe eat your food that you've got out in a little mini fridge out on the deck or something like that. And they don't want people out there because if they fall and they hurt themselves, they bust their head or break their leg or something like that, guess who's responsible? You are because you're the homeowner. Well, it works kind of the same way at the border. We have an enticement in this country, which is... The enrichment that we have here, the freedom that we have here, the economic advantages that that we have here, the education advantages that we have here, and we need to protect those. We need to protect them. You know, you can call me a racist if you want to, but you're wrong. I'm not racist. I'm way okay with somebody coming from another country, and I don't care if it's from a shithole country or not. It doesn't matter to me, but if you come here, I want you to work. That's all I'm saying. You work, you pay your taxes, I'm all for it. I digress. We'll move on to the next story. Number two on the Fox News app is the story of the Parkland deputy, Scott Peterson, who didn't enter the school during the shooting. He doesn't show for the investigative panel. Panel. See, what happened to this guy is he uh, did not enter the school whenever there were shootings going on. It says that Scott Peterson, the disgraced Broward County deputy, who did not confront Nicholas Cruz as open fire as he opened fire at this school in February, declined Thursday to testify before the Public Safety Commission investigating the massacre. Peterson, 55, would have been asked why he didn't enter the Parkland, Florida school building where 17 people were killed in one of the last mass, largest mass shootings in the history of the United States. The school resource officer's attorney instead appeared before the con- commissioner he told them that earlier thursday he filed a lawsuit to stop the 14 member panel subpoena the commission which is meeting this week to dissect the february 14th shooting criticized peterson on wednesday as they believe he could have prevented at least six deaths if he entered the building immediately 
Instead, Peterson took cover from Cruz's gunfire and never went inside. Let me tell you something. If that son of a bitch had been there and one of my children had been killed, he'd better be worried about me. And he may not have to worry about me today or next week or maybe a year from now, but somewhere down the line, he'd probably get a bullet in the back of his head. And I'm not even lying about that. If my child was the one that he could have saved and he didn't save or he didn't even try, yeah, there'd be a day of reckoning coming out of that. That's my opinion. Uh, what the hell? All right, let's read this one. Scott Peterson, the disgraced Parkland... See, he, he resigned, by the way. He resigned before he was fired. Scott Peterson, the disgraced Parkland school cop, starts getting the $8,702 a month pension. What? $8,702 a month? Are you out of your freaking mind? $8,702 a month? A hundred grand a year? Lord have mercy. Scott Peterson, former deputy, reportedly started to receive a hefty pension three months after he retired amid the aftermath of the shooting. A 33-year law enforcement veteran was the resource officer at the Parkland Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School February 14th when 17 people were killed. That's how messed up this world is. That's how messed up our country is. is you got somebody who's a piece of crap like this guy who didn't do his duty, didn't do his job, but he went ahead and retired, and guess what? He's drawn $8,000 a month. What? That's crazy. Oh, and by the way, Nicholas Cruz, the guy who confessed to all the uh, Parkland shootings and obviously is the guy who did it, he registered to vote from jail. Thank you, Democrats. And, ah, it's a story about Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti is the attorney who represented Stormy Daniels against the uh, President of the United States and failed, by the way. She's having to pay his attorney fees, which I think is hilarious. And he also represented uh, one of the ladies, and I use that term loosely, that was found to be, well, just out and out lying about Judge Kavanaugh during the Kavanaugh hearings. And uh, so now he's been charged with uh, domestic battery. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Oh, now The View co-hosts are just in a tizzy about it. The View co-host declared Thursday that a friend of the show, Michael Avenatti, who, by the way, is probably going to run for president in 2020, would be disavowed by the a ABC News Gab Fest if domestic violence charges against him are proven to be true. We know him. He comes on the show. It's very upsetting to hear this. Very disappointing. If it proves to be true, I will disavow him. I think he should take a polygraph test just to clear the air, said co-host Joy Behar. I think that would help him. Avenatti is a frequent critic of President Trump and attorney for adult film star Stormy Daniels. Uh, he made bail after his arrest on domestic violence charges and said he will be fully exonerated. Co-host Abby Huntsman declared that if the accusations are true, then Avenatti deserves to be raked through the coals because he fancies himself a champion of the Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement. Although I will say the same thing that I said during the Kavanaugh investigation, that I am a true believer in due process. <coughs> <coughs> right. What drives me crazy is the hypocrisy of these moments. I think if you believe in due process with Kavanaugh, you should also believe in due process with Michael Avenatti. Well, I do. I do believe in the due process. If the man's guilty, he's guilty. But I think it's uh, pretty funny that they're having to get back on their haunches and say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and be ready to dump this guy as quick as they can. 
All right, that's been CNN versus Fox News. And now it's time for The Unknown Redneck. Hey there, friends. Unknown Redneck here. Just giving you a little update about what's going on with Starla Jean and her man, John Luke, as she's been a-saying and sparking with down there at the Hardys. That little guy's a little Frenchy feller from up in Canada. Speaks with a kind of a foreign accent, but now he's a little good feller now. I appreciate him. I sure do. He had come over here the other day, and Cheryl made him some dinner, and I'm just going to tell you right now, he thought that was one of the best things he'd ever eat. Now, he must be a country boy at heart, even though he speaks a little Frenchy there. But anyhow, he come over to the house the other night, and he made something for us. He said it was from Canada. And it's called poutine. Poutine, poutine, poutine. I don't even know how you say it, but mmm, Honey, it was good. I'm telling you, it was good. It was some fried taters with some cheese on it and then some brown gravy on top of that. And I'm going to tell you right now, that was one of some of the best stuff I ever had in my life. I thought it was great, and I had Cheryl get the recipe. And I told Starla Jean she needed to start learning how to cook some of that poutine herself. Maybe they could serve it up down there at Hardy's. It might be more popular than them biscuits they got down there. But anyhow... He's doing good with her. I reckon they're sparking pretty big, and they're getting along all right. And then I want to give you the update about their Kurt Angle. He's working out at the video game store, you know. Well, the other day he came dragging home a bunch of new video games, and one of them he brought was this uh, cowboy game. I don't know what the name of it is. Red something. Red, Red Dead something. I don't know. But anyway, I'm just going to confess. I started playing it, and it wasn't too bad. I liked it. You go around shooting people and whatnot, and you could be the cowboy. The only thing I didn't like about you had to be the an outlaw, and I didn't care for that too much, but the other part, you could save people and whatnot, and you go around riding a horse, and that's pretty good, and I liked that pretty... I never thought I'd get into a video game, but I thought that's pretty good. Well, anyhow, that's my little update right now going on in my world, and I just wanted to appreciate everybody that's out there listening and all the people that likes the Unknown Redneck. For now, it's the Unknown Redneck, and you know where I am. Well, the unknown redneck got him some poutine, poutine from Canada. Said it was pretty good. Well, I might have to try that myself there, unknown redneck. I don't know. That sounds good. Tennessee. According to WIS-TV in Drummond's Tennessee, it's all fun and games until your neighbor allegedly bulldozes your house. Someone may have overreacted. You're supposed to love thy neighbor, not bulldoze his home. But that was the result of an apparent dispute between two people in Drummond's. The less-than-neighborly quarrel began Friday when Tipton County Sheriff's deputies received a call about a man firing multiple shots into the woods. The man in question, 48-year-old John Higdon, told deputies that he saw multiple people running around the woods near his house wearing ghillie suits, a type of camouflage clothing designed to blend in with nature. 
Higdon told deputies that he had reported a group of prowlers shining lights earlier in the week and that he believed that the employees that he believed that they were employees of his neighbor fifty seven year old Edgar McClellan, according to WREG TV. Deputies said they found no evidence of anyone in the woods and left the scene. A short time later, deputies received another complaint about shots being fired. They then arrested Higdon for reckless endangerment. Around 2.15 Saturday, a neighbor called emergency officials to report that a man later identified as McClellan was bulldozing Higdon's home. Just because you're paranoid, folks, doesn't mean there's not somebody after you. McClellan was charged with aggravated criminal trespassing and felony felony vandalism after officials found debris from Higdon's battered home in McClellan's backhoe. Higdon's house was in shambles now. The walls were caved in. The furniture is exposed to the open air. Higdon's brother Sam told uh, Fox 13 Memphis that McClellan should pay for the destruction. No kidding. What he's, what's he doing pushing somebody's house down? He's never had a beef with this man. Both men are free on bond, awaiting their arraignments later this week. Well, that right there, my friends and neighbors, is something great in the volunteer state. <laughs> All right, let's move right along. And now it's time for entertainment news. Say hello to my new friend! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Sad entertainment news today, as we've already reported. We've had the passing of one of the greatest guitarists of all times, Roy Clark. And also passing away today is model and actress Kim Porter. She was found dead at 47. Model and actress Kim Porter, who dated rapper Diddy for 13 years and the mother of three of his children, died Thursday in Toluca Lake, California. Porter went into cardiac arrest on Thursday afternoon after suffering from pneumonia for several weeks, though her official cause of death has not been revealed. Diddy and Porter have three children together. Christian Combs was born in 1998, followed by twin girls Jesse James and Delila. Porter also has a son, Quincy, named after her personal mentor, Quincy Jones, from a previous relationship with producer Al B. Shore. Well, that's sad that uh, these children have lost their mother. Sad day in the entertainment news today. We're going to move right along. Getting into the end of the show now, folks. Uh, I want to say this one might be running. Uh, it's still going to be running about 30, 35 minutes. We're still under the wire, so to speak. I like to keep them pithy and I just want you to know that I really do appreciate everybody listening to my dozens and dozens of listeners out there. I sure do appreciate it. I'm going to try to get back on a regular schedule after today. Uh should be expecting at least one more out this week, and we'll be doing the pod on a pretty regular basis after that. I'm going to try to get a guest in here or two in the next uh, week or so. I've got uh, still about three more weeks off from work, so I've got some time. And I want to thank you all. Don't forget, you can get the Anchor Podcast in your app store, wherever you get it, Google Play. It's free. Do your own podcast. You listen to me, I'll listen to you. That's the way that works. And thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Until next time, you know it is going to be Deuces and Duck Lips. But they won't, they won't talk to me because they don't, you know. What were you saying? So my dad's actually an immigrant from the Soviet Union. And, you know, I have grown up with this, you know, idea that seeing the socialist movement here has, has had my dad 
look back and he saw what happened and he said he sees the exact same thing that's going on in this country with people like this you know my dad came up with the idea i survived the ussr and i'm going to survive the ussa because in the in this country where you see all these people that are out here protesting for this this communist idea again it scares the crap out of my dad because my dad left that and he came to this country because he stood for liberty and he stood for freedom and he came here for a new start and now we have people like this that are coming here and trying to bring what my dad escaped. And now it's like, you know, we're, we're going through a new fight.